Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. And welcome to another episode of Radio Harambe. I am here with my uh, beautiful uh, co-host, Christina. Hello, Christina. How are you? Hi. And today we are going to do one of the things I like to do, um, which is things you didn't know about a certain aspect of Disney's Animal Kingdom. And today we're going to talk about everybody's favorite roller coaster, Expedition Everest. So today we're going to be doing 10 things you didn't know about Expedition Everest. And I will ask, I'll talk a little bit about uh, the ride and the queue and all that. And then I will ask Christina in the middle of it, did you know? And then you tell me if you knew or not. And you at home could play along as well. But before I do that, two things. One is I want to uh, talk about our Tea Public store. I know you do this at the beginning of every episode, but just another reminder that our Tea Public store has all of these awesome designs. I was pulling out uh, shirts today to bring to Disney's Animal Kingdom. I'm going to wear them around the park in another week and a half or so. Uh, like my Diggs County 498 uh, Road shirt or my Yeti Palace shirt. I know you like the Yeti Palace uh, design that you did, um, among others. But you can go ahead, purchase uh, shirts, hoodies, magnets, stickers, mouse pads, uh, T Public has numerous things you could you can buy using these designs, and um, every dime that we make, every pro, every profit that we make goes uh, direct to conservation, and we are still doing uh, money saving. Uh, we're raising money for the Grace Gorilla Research uh, Project. You know, Grace stands for Gorilla Research and Education Center or something like that. Um, so we are uh, we donating money. We've you know sold a few shirts this last week or so. So uh, I appreciate everybody who went out and did that. The other thing I wanted to talk about is a little bit of sad news. Oh, before I do that, you could find the link to the T Public Store on uh, my Twitter account at John Everyone or my Instagram, which is Safari underscore Mike. So go ahead at those two. Uh, uh, social media sites and you will find the link to our show or in the podcast notes right and we're embedding the link right here in the podcast so if you're uh, reading it on itunes or google play um there should be the link right there in the description absolutely that's good thank you very much um the sad bit of news that i was going to get to is uh the Disney's Animal Kingdom lost one of their white rhinos. Uh, Dugan was uh, and passed away. He was only 28 years old, and uh, white rhinos in captivity can live to be about 40 or 50 years, generally speaking. That's the usual uh, life expectancy. So he was relatively young. Uh, he's been at the park since 2018. He came from Knoxville, uh, the zoo Knoxville, where they had some white rhinos, and he was part of the species survival plan, meaning uh, you know, just for genetic purposes, he came to Disney's Animal Kingdom, and he actually had three uh, offspring. Uh, there was Miles, Logan, and I forget the other one off the top of my head. I'd have to go look it up. But he had uh, three children. 
Um, all of them are still at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So, um, a little bit of sad news. Dugan was often, apparently often the one that you would see backstage if you did the backstage rhino tour. Um, so, it's a bit of a sad news. Um, oh, Ranger, thank you. Christina uh, pointed out while I was jibber-jabbering, pointed out what the uh, other other uh, baby of... Um, of Dugan was thank you too many names um so a little bit of sad news uh, they have not released what the pro what the issue was I mean he was 28 which is you know relatively young for a rhino but it's not like he was a kid um so I you know if there's any further information I'll tweet it out for sure but unfortunately uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom did lose Dugan uh this past week he, he passed away on June 1st and it's now the 6th I believe so those are the little little things I wanted to talk about before we got started in our little game. And um, on, on that bit of sad news, Christina, are you ready to play a game? Sure. <laughs> now, when I would play this with my brother, he rarely got more than one or two right. So we'll see what happens here. But... Uh, the nature of the park it was the it was a big thrill ride and of course you know we can go on and on about the the yeti that doesn't work and i promise you we will not be discussing that in this uh, in this uh, <laughs> 10 things you didn't know about expedition everest because everybody knows the yeti doesn't work and what all about but expedition everest is located in shirkazong which is the fictional name of the Himalayan village that uh, the Forbidden Mountain and Expedition Everest is located. Uh, Expedition Everest, of course, for those of you, I know you all have been to the park. You can pretty much see Everest everywhere. But if you went above into the sky and looked down on Expedition Everest, did you know that the layout itself is a hidden Mickey? I think I saw that in Okay, it's very possible. It's very possible. It's it was in one there. of those Disney specials. So we're going to give you a credit for that one. I'm okay. going to give you one. So yes, if you look at uh, it's a, it's it's not a perfect hidden Mickey, but if you look at the uh, the roller coaster from the sky, you will be able to sort of see a hidden Mickey. Me personally, I cannot stand hidden Mickeys. It's one of the, <laughs> one of the things. Oh. The especially in in recent years. It seems like everything has to have all these hidden Mickeys. It was kind of cool when it was subtle and rare. But you love a hidden Jafar or a hidden Baloo. <laughs> those are more interesting because those are unique and by themselves. Every, everything now has hidden Mickeys. Everything they do has to have all these like little hidden Mickeys and stuff like that. And it, it's, it, it, it kind of spoiled the fun of it for me. Um, so I'm not a hidden Mickey fan. You probably, by guessing by your reaction, I assume you are a Hidden Mickey fan. I have a family member that is a huge Hidden Mickey fan. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> now, we're going to head into Shirkazong, the the uh, place uh, where this this ride exi uh, is located. And on the way there, once you sort of pass the Gibbon exhibits, you come across, right on the water, a shrine. And um, I don't know if people see this but I mean or people really take notice of it but there's like it's in the shape actually of the mountains themselves and inside the shrine is a little yeti statue and the um, the locals quote-unquote locals from Shirkazan leave um, leave offerings to the yeti and this little statue and it looks 
right at um, Expedition Everest, which is, of course, as I said, in Shirkazong. Do you know what Shirkazong stands for? No. Okay. I've said this in prior episodes, so maybe uh, big fans would know this, but it means Fortress of the Chasm. Clearly, your wife is not a big fan. (laughs) (laughs) But it means Fortress of the Chasm. So that is... That is Expedition. That is uh, Shirkazong. Now, so you don't get a point for that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you're looking at it, though, and you're looking at the shrine, you're looking at the, the village or the uh, and the mountain, you will see the mountain range. And the biggest mountain, the one that's right in front, that is actually not supposed to be Everest. Everest is the one, is the mountain in this fake mountain range to the right when you're looking straight at it and kind of, and it looks smaller. And that's supposed to be forced perspective, and the you know, Everest is bigger. But what the big mountain is actually Forbidden Mountain, and that's the largest of the mountain. That's the one you go up into. And the Forbidden Mountain, by the backstory, is the home of the Yeti, and it's where you're you're trying to transverse the Forbidden Mountain to get to Everest. Of course, spoiler alert: you never actually make it. The tracks ripped up and all that kind of stuff. But um, did you know? that the Forbidden Mountain, the largest part of the mountain range, is 199 feet tall. Do you know why it's 199 feet tall? I'm assuming it has to do with aviation requirements. Very good. That's two for you. I, I'm i an emergency. I'm in the business of emergency services. So you should have known that one would have been. Now, Disney could have made it 200 or 201 or 210. There wasn't a restriction in building it, but anything that's 200 feet or higher has to have a big yellow yeah, beacon on top, exactly. and that would, of course, spoil the uh, the look of the mountain. So everything in Disney, um, they have to keep that in mind, that if it's going to be 200 feet or higher, they're going to have to have a big beacon on it. So unless it's like a hotel where they might not mind that um, an attraction, they're not going to do So anyway... Um, when you're walking towards the Expedition Everest, you'll see some plants and some, you know, some tea plantations and things like that. Because this area, Shirkazong, was a village built to, um, based upon a tea plantation, and the whole idea of the tr- railroad was they would ship the rail by rail all this tea back to Anandapur. But in order to create kind of a look of the Himalayas. Did you know, and this is another one you might know, did you know that Disney brought in plants actually from the Himalayas to get you to feel like you're in the Himalayas? They have 900 uh, bamboo, they have 10 10 different species of tree that were from the area, and 110 different species of shrub, 110 different species of shrub, all from the area, or at the very least looks very much like plants that you could find in the area. Did you know that about uh, I did, because they've done that throughout the park. Like on the safari. And... Correct. It's a yeah. very popular thing that they did and I've done a couple of episodes on landscaping way back when um, uh, on and probably touched on that. Now when you're walking into the village itself you will notice a lot of um, buildings that have red clay as the as sort of the basis. I mean, it's obviously not real red clay, but it's supposed to look like red clay. Do you know why 
the people in the Himalayas used red clay for their uh, buildings. Wow, you're doing very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's your four for five. The the color red is to ward off evil. Uh, it wasn't good luck. It is to ward off evil spirits. Um, and of course, with the Yeti living nearby and supposed to be like this godlike creature, they wanted to ward off evil. So yes. Now, you walk into the ride, and the first building you're in, do you know what that building is supposed to represent? The first building you walk in the entrance. So, for the queue? Mm -hmm. Yes, for the queue, sorry. No, that's, okay. you're close. That's actually a little bit farther down. Okay, all right. The, uh, the first building you walk into was the old headquarters of the Royal Ananda Tea Company, which you'll see signs of, you know, throughout uh, Shurkazong. And um, the entrance there is supposed to be their old headquarters that has been taken over by the, um, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but by the traveling company that is now setting this up for people to travel through the Himalayas by railway. So uh, while you're not purchasing anything there, this is sort of your entranceway where, and you'll actually see a, a board with like different departures and different expeditions and things like that. What you're talking about is a little bit later and, and we'll get to that in a second. And you, you know, you'll see, you'll see in this headquarters, um, references to Bob and uh, Norpo, who are the people who have created this new business. Did you know that the business is called Himalayan Escapes? And did you know what the catchphrase is for Himalayan Escapes? Oh my gosh. I have a, a shirt in the works on this. So you do? I did know oh, it I... was Himalayan Escapes. Because <laughs> I had to, I was studying the sign to work on it. <sighs> yep. There and back with the flying yak is their catchphrase. So you'll see signs. Uh, there's this this yeti. It's they're generally red signs. The yeti, I'm uh, not yeti. Sorry, yak with two wings, and it's called there and back with the flying yak. That is Bob and Norpoo's catchphrase. Now the next building you walk into, so you go through the Hort headquarters, you see the Bob and Norpoo things, you see the board with all the expeditions leaving, and you're getting ready, and you start walking through the village of Shurkazong, and that's what the queue is actually, the, the small village itself. The next building is the Yeti Mandir. And she is showing me uh, her work on <laughs> the act. Just proving it. Yes. I didn't read Yes, her. you are. <laughs> once, once you, the next building you get to is the Yeti Mandir. Do you know what a Mandir is? This one's hard, but do you know what a Mandir is? You're close. Okay. A mandir is a type of temple. Okay. It is in the Hindu, 
uh, where they worship numerous gods. A Mandir is a temple dedicated to one specific god, which apparently is not common. Uh, in this case, the god that they're um, worshiping here is the Yeti. The Yeti is supposed to be the god, and you will see um, offerings, for example, in the courtyard. There's the, the, the giant, there's the Yeti statue, and people throw coins in there and try to get it in the cups. That's all part of the atmosphere as you're trying to appease the, the god Yeti who protects the mountain to allow you to go through the mountain and, you know, get to Everest and life kind of stuff. You know, there are bells above you. You ring in them. That's, you know, making an offering to the Yeti. There are intricate carvings. The building itself, there's all sorts of carvings of the Yeti all around it. So that is uh, the Yeti Mandir. That's the next building you go through. And then you get to what you were talking about before. That is Tashi's Trek and Tongaba uh, store, a uh, shop, excuse me. Do you know what Tongaba is? Groceries? No. Okay. It is a type of drink. It is an oh. alcohol beverage made from millet. Uh, it's fermented. It's actually not that uh, potent. It's usually only like two to five percent alcohol, but it is a it is used in a lot of festivals in in the Himalayas by the by the Himalaya people in Nepal and Tibet. Um, and it is a common drink there. And if you ever go there, not that I mean I can't stand heights, so I doubt I'll ever be in Nepal. But if you're ever there, you <laughs> might see you might have a glass of Tongva. Um, it is very common there. So that is that's number nine. Now we're getting to the last building of the um, queue itself, and again, you're in Sherpazong. This is the uh, you know the small village, and that is of course the Yeti Museum. Um, and Norbu and Bob, the creators of Himalaya Escapes, wanted this museum so that you know kind of uh, draw an attraction to people and you know something for visitors to look at. And they got help from Professor Pima Dorje, who was a PhD. Who, um, helped create the um, the, uh, the Yeti Museum, and there are different exhibits. And if you walk through the Yeti Museum, you'll get to the there's the mystery of the lost expedition, which is this um, fake 1982 expedition into the Himalayas where they all, all the people were gone missing. They couldn't find them. All they found up was this torn up tent and uh, damaged uh, goods, including a camera, which had, and you could see on the on the you know the last pictures that were taken, and one looks like a very blurry Yeti, and another one. And then there's the Yeti in arts and culture, which um, is supposed to represent how the Yeti is, you know, seen in the cultures around the Himalayas and their statues and things like that. And the last thing is, uh, the last exhibit is the uh, interpreting the findings, and it's sort of like what's really behind the Yeti. Is it is the Yeti real? Is it just like a a bear that's misidentified? I mean, what is it? And there's some, you know, different things about that. Did you know that there's one quote unquote real artifact in the Yeti Museum, and what is it? It wouldn't surprise me, but no, I didn't know. No, no, there is one. Do you know which one it is? What the artifact is? That's real. And I again put real in quotes. <laughs> is it one of the pop culture items? No, it is not a bad one. But at the very end, you'll see this ginormous footprint cast. Hmm. That was actually given to the park and Joe Rody by Josh Gates, who was an expedition unknown, you know, famous Discovery Channel and yeah. Travel Channel guy. 
and he goes out and you know does these things and he was in the Himalayas and they came across this footprint and it's the actual casting of the footprint now science have gone back and said what that really is is a bear print and just the wind expanded it to make it look like this huge yeti footprint so it's not really a yeti footprint but it is an actual artifact where you know josh gates was out in the quote-unquote wild they found this they made a cast of it they brought it back they had it studied and he donated it to uh disney uh, i think it was in 2008 is when that occurred so that is the last of the facts then you get on the ride and off you go you have fun i'll give you a bonus one um the train comes in steam comes out is it really a steam train not. Of course not. Now it's all <laughs> fake. The steam's all fake. So people think that might actually be a steam train. It is not. It is fake. Um, so that is the facts about Expedition Everest. I'd have to go back, but I think you got like four or five right. I think that's a new world's record. Dave would always complain about how we only get one right. Uh, but you got a handful of them right. So very well done. Uh, very well done. And I don't know about you guys at home how uh, how you did, uh, but you know, play along and see how you did. Um, I, I am going to have to remember these for when we go through because uh, my kids are now tall enough to write Exodus and Everest <laughs> for the first time, so I'm sure we'll be in that queue more than once. <laughs> probably, probably. So it is a, it is one of the best queues, and I, one of these days I'm gonna have to do a tour of like a a. a um, like a walkthrough of the of the uh, queue itself and, and give you a, a more specific tour. I gave you some of the highlights here uh, in the last four or five questions of, of the queue, but one of these days I will do that. Um, like I said, I'm pretty sure these kids are going to want to go on well, several yeah, I'll, times. I'll take uh, lots we'll of have, notes. <laughs> we'll go through more than once and you can take notes every time we have to stop. <laughs> but before we go, I just want to remind you one more time about the Tea Public Store. Uh, go to my uh, my uh, social media at John Borbery one or at uh, on uh, Twitter and on Instagram Safari underscore Mike or as Christina so eloquently put at the beginning of this just go on the show notes and you'll see a, uh, a link embedded into our show notes go right to there purchase a Yeti Palace Museum shirt or we have a disco Yeti shirt that uh, I enjoy but <laughs> I should probably do one for Everest itself well, that's okay. Um, so there, but there are plenty there. You walk around the park with uh, with uh, all these designs, Joe Rody masks and beads, all of it. Um, but check it out, and every dime goes to conservation, as I said at the beginning. But um, unless there's anything else from you, my dear, no. Then I will wish everybody a lovely week. Quaharini, go well. Now, <laughs> <laughs>